You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, that's me. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup. So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Brett, Hall, Cortnall, Campbell, Cujo, Jenny, Oates, Brown, Chase, Jure, Zombo, Sezzle, Butcher, Shanny, Tilly, Tuttle, Sutter, Twister, Turcot, Kibble, Turjan, Baron, Bassin, Pronger, Pearson, Bergevin, Bozon, Al McKinnis, Crab, Chuck, Howard, Chuck, Petrovicki, Pellerin, Dimitra, Yate, Corson, Conrad, Gretzky, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup near 52, man, give me a let's go blue. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city in the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We got that Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we're talking about St. Louis. This is Blue Notes on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for Blues coverage. I am one of your three hosts of the network, Tom Franklin, joined by the man called Wags back from going under the knife. Wags, how you feeling, bud? I'm doing much, much better up and about. I'm actually able to sit in the chair now. And that uh, was something that uh, I would never thought I'd ever have to say, that I wasn't able to sit in the chair, but now I can. So I'm excited. And, of course, joining us once again uh, from uh, currently braving the outer bands of a uh, tropical storm right now, it is the man called Trainwreck. How are you living out there in New Orleans, Trainwreck? Oh, I think I got you on mute still, so let's try that again. All right, Trainwreck, go ahead. Uh, we're good, man. I mean, beautiful weather out here. Not a single uh, ray of sunshine in sight. Uh, little drizzle. There's some heavy wind kicking, but uh, power's out too, and uh, we're out here living. So you know. Yeah, in case you don't. Well. In case you Surviving don't know. Yeah, in case you don't know, New Orleans uh, power system can leave a little something to be desired, right, train wreck? Pretty much. I mean, everything about this city seems to be non-functional. So. Thanks. Well, yeah, there you go. There you go. I you hear it on Still different biscuits all the time. The world, Still the greatest city in the world. <laughs> even even with its warts. Even with its warts. Um, now I'm wearing, as you can see, if you're watching on the stream, I am wearing a Blue Notes Gator, a neck gator. It is uh, part of our uh, new Selkie level COVID defense system that we have on uh, our new uh, merchandise provider. They're called Teespring. Uh, link is in the uh, description below. And um, I'm really excited about these. They're very comfortable. They're double layered. You know, you may have seen that uh, study recently that said that neck gaiters don't quite work the way they should. Well, that was just done on a single layer gaiter. This is a uh, double layer. So it's very thick, very much quality. And I'm, and I'm proud that we are now partnering with Teespring for our merchandise. And Wags, I got to get you hooked up eventually here. Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll take what I can get. So, like I said earlier, that blue pops. I love. I'm a powder blue guy. I love the powder blue, and it that with the gold and everything, it just it pops and it looks amazing. 
Yeah, we ha and we also have cloth masks as well. And uh, I'm actually going to get one in the mail here shortly. And I think I'm going to give that away. Uh, I'll announce details on our Twitter page at Blue Notes Pod right above my finger so you can see the winner can see the quality for yourself. So looking forward to that. But in the meantime, I'll pull this down so you can actually hear me all the way. Um, had planned on a pretty quiet episode this week. Uh, the Blues uh, lost assistant GM Bill Armstrong to the Arizona Coyotes. A uh, big part of their scouting team, a big part of uh, you know, a lot of the maybe, I guess, less sexy parts of the organization. Um, he's gone. He and, and this isn't Doug Armstrong. This is Bill Armstrong, the other Armstrong. No relation, by the way. Um, and and we'll, we'll let's touch on that right now real quick, Wag. So, I mean, to people who don't understand, how big of a loss is this for the Blues? Uh, it's absolutely huge. I mean, he's been a part, really the guy that's been leading that that scouting department for the last five to six years. Uh, he's the guy that's brought in guys like Robert Thomas, uh, and he's really set up Blues draft this year. So that was the one good thing that came out of this is that, you know, they talked with Arizona and said, hey, look, he cannot be a part of the draft this year because everything he's done has been for us. Uh, so the Blues are smart in that aspect, but yeah, it's going to be a, a massive loss for him for the Blues organization. That being said, you know we thought the same thing when when uh, Kekalainen left, and we're like, oh no, what's going to happen there? Because he had some pretty good drafts as well. I'm very confident that the Blues are going to be able to promote somebody from within and continue the success that they've had at the drafting and scouting levels. Uh, it's a big loss, but you know every so often when you're when you're having success. That means your guys are having success and other teams are going to want to take that. So uh, good for Bill. I, I, I hope he does well over there in Arizona. That is until they come into our division when, you know, Seattle enters the league. Uh, but, you know, if you're good at your job, you're going to get a promotion. So congratulations. Yeah, very similar to uh, the, uh, you know, Yarmo Kekalainen loss a few years ago when he went to uh, Columbus. Uh, Yarmo also handled the scouting and found a lot of good European youngsters. And uh, Bill Armstrong found a lot of uh, North American youngsters like Sammy Blay and those guys. That was under his watch. So uh, big loss there. Uh, by the way, I want to say hello to our friends at the Soda Pod. Uh, Trainwreck slash Sterling Archer. How much is it going to coast to follow our boy Isha? Like follow him on social media or what? I thought I'd do. Yeah, how much? Uh, I guess not. I guess not. He's, he's calling you out. I think you need to get on that. I will. I mean, if I wasn't doing this from my phone right now because I have no Wi-Fi, I'd be on it right now. Yeah. But, hey, I appreciate the hell out of the Sterling Archer comparison. I mean, I'll take that as a win in my book any day of the week. Well, you're on the show to classes join up. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that New Orleans class. Um, also, he noted that I am taking the pop filter to the extreme by wearing this so I can pop my peas and they won't, you know, destroy your speakers. So, uh Decaders, also good for broadcasting, you know, especially. So thank you for that. Um, and uh, another another thing that happened this week, Jim Montgomery, the former head coach of the Dallas Stars, as recently as the beginning of uh, this past, this very season, uh, he has joined the team as an assistant. I think what we'll do is we have Michael Farley coming on. He is the uh, host of the Clean Skate podcast uh, covering all things Dallas Stars. Uh, we'll talk to him about that a little bit uh, while we have our little Stanley Cup showdown between him and Chase Crawshaw of the Bolt uh, broadcast representing the Tampa Bay Lightning on the Hockey Podcast Network. But um, we've danced around it long enough. Uh, we got to talk about Petro. 
And uh, looks like Isha has some jokes today. Uh, bye, bye, bye should be the theme today. You know, like the NSYNC song. I, I'd play that, but I'm pretty sure that we get sued. So uh, we're, we're not going to do that, obviously. Uh, but thanks a lot for uh, watching, Ish. Um, something else, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I feel that has been a little inevitable because the silence with all of the, uh, you know, speculation about whether or not Petro is going to sign or not has been deafening this whole season. It's been kind of a weird situation, at least in my opinion. And uh, it finally, I guess it finally came to a head um, this uh, uh, this past week when the two sides uh, could not come uh, to an agreement here. And uh, we'll take a look at the uh, uh, Jeremy Rutherford uh, tweet here. As you can see, the Blues' current offer is $7.7 million average annual value but Petrangelo has been asked to accept the AAV without knowing the structure of the deal, which, you know, this is a, this is one of your superstars. This is a guy that has led your team. Uh, train wreck. We'll start off with you. Does this feel a little bit like disrespect? Uh, coming from the front office to the guy who's been, uh, you know, your captain, your leader, who the team rallies around, who helped us deliver a Stanley cup last year. That it's almost like, not necessarily a backhanded compliment, but it's almost like a smack in the face of a Trangelo. I mean, I can see where the front office is coming from with the money disputes. Uh because, you know, he's getting up there in age, you know. Yeah, I'd say he's still kind of in his prime, but on his tail end of his prime. And from Petrangelo's side, I mean, you know, loyal to the city, you know, fans love him. He's many people's favorite player. But I just think that, he can definitely go out to play the market and get overpaid. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So, I mean, you know, what's loyalty anymore? I mean, if you want to stay with one team your whole career, you know, you you take the pay cut, especially if you're already, you know, a millionaire. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, he's got to do what's best for him, what's best for his family. But, yeah, I kind of think the front office is, I think, trying to look in the direction more of the young guys on the team and trying to get the young talent in and kind of, not wouldn't necessarily say rebuilding phase, so to speak, but more on the lines of, you know, try to get a different kind of core group in and maybe test new ideas. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, we're still going to be a good team for, you know, down the line. We got young talent. We still got a couple old guys on the team, too. But I don't know. I mean, if this is really what they want to do, then, you know, it's been fun. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, I can definitely see that point. Uh, Wags, you know, you've been, you know, you've had a lot of time to, you know, mold this information over and think about it. Uh, what was your reaction when you uh, saw the uh, news about Petro? Uh, I'm a little surprised that all this came out so soon. I mean, we're still a couple of weeks away from the start of free agency. So you would think that maybe they would be trying to work something out up until that point. So it's a little surprising that it came out now. And, and that actually kind of makes me sit there and think, man, Alex doesn't really want to go anywhere. I don't think he wants to leave St. Louis. I really don't because by this coming out, essentially it's putting all the pressure on, on the Blues organization to get him signed because they know we now know what the, the Blues offered. We know what they're not offering as far as term is concerned. And Alex has stated multiple times that just because it's ended now doesn't mean he's not going to shut the door on re-signing with the Blues. He might you know, this might be a ploy by both sides to see what else is out there, see what other teams are offering. And then maybe the Blues can up their offer to a little bit closer. Because, you know, if the Blues are offering 7-7 seven, seven now, and let's say another team comes out and, and the most that he gets is like 8-2, you 
Well, what if the Blues look at it and go, look, Alex, we'll give you eight flat. Stay here in St. Louis. And he might be like, great, that's awesome. I'll take $200,000 less. I'll stay in St. Louis. It's an upgrade on what they offered. It's a win-win. That That's kind of how I'm seeing it playing out is, is really they're just kind of looking to see. Because you remember, they're going to have a flat cap for the next couple of years. And yes, some teams might be able to throw a bunch of money at them. But the teams that are going to be able to do that are the teams that aren't anywhere near contention for the playoffs. You know, you look at a team like Buffalo. Petrangelo is not going to go play in Buffalo. And everybody keeps saying, oh, Toronto, Toronto, Toronto. Toronto's in the same boat as the Blues when it comes to needing to shed salary. So it's not a guarantee that a team like Toronto is going to be able to throw a ton of money out at him. And I just I just see it as being one of those things that people shouldn't get worried right now. We're still two weeks away from free agency at the, at the most. Maybe something even gets done in that time frame, but I'm I'm be, I'm be, betting. I am betting that free agency opens, some offers come in, Petrangelo and the Blues look at it and they go, okay, how can we get close enough without going crazy to keep you here? Because I think he wants to be here. You know, he just had his fourth kids. He's only a week or two old now. You don't want to move with a, a less than one year old and triplets. <laughs> You're gonna find a way to stick around. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's where Petrangelo's heart is. In fact, uh, uh, before before we talk to that aspect, though, I do have cap friendly up here for a reason. Uh, this is a breakdown of the cap room that uh, these teams have here, especially here on the uh, far right side where there's uh, projected cap space. You're talking like Ottawa, $39.5 million, Detroit, $34.5 million, Buffalo still has $34.5 million, uh, but they have like, they still got to fill out half their roster. Um, you know, the Devils have 26 million. I think there's a bit more money out there than I think people realize, you know, when it comes to the cap. Uh, yes, I mean, there's a lot of those teams I just mentioned. They're not contenders. They may not be contenders for a while, maybe not until Petrangelo, you know, hits 33, 34 years old. So you're not getting exactly optimal value out of him. But a team like Colorado, $22 million. He's been rumored to uh, go there possibly. Uh, you have Calgary with $16.9 million. So, um, you know, out of these teams, you know, I'll train wreck, I'll go to you on this one. You know, if if it's not St. Louis, where can you see Petro ending up? Uh, I mean, definitely when you talk about the avalanche, that kind of scares me a little bit. I mean, definitely can happen. I mean, $22 million in cap space, you know, definitely would be enough to sign him. But him being, you know, obviously – Colorado didn't have the exit they like to this year. I mean, I don't think anybody would have predicted that as well. I mean, you know, Dallas is out here already up 1-0 in the Stanley Cup. Team of Destiny, who knows? But, uh, I mean, if he goes to Colorado, they would already, one, be upgrading their – and they have a great uh, great defense as well. Like, uh, you know, it's been said before, they have defensemen who can play defense and score. They have forwards who can play defense. So, throwing Petrangelo in there is just going to – how do I put this, be another layer of glue to keep them all together. And, of course, you know, playing with Nathan McKinnon, too. I mean, he's only, you know, stock going up from here now. But uh, I don't know, man, especially in the division. If he goes to Petra- if he goes to Colorado, are we going to be obligated to hate him now? Uh, we, 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 we might have to just because it's Colorado. There's a, there's a bit of a simmering rivalry going People on there. People are talking. People are talking. That's all I'm saying. Well, yeah, that's, that, this is all we can do until the Stanley Cup's resolved. I mean, you know, there's going to be talk left and right. Wags, how much would it scare you to the thing of Petro in the Avs uniform? And if, if it's not Colorado, where where could he go? 
Uh, it, it would scare me immensely if he went to Colorado. Just think about this. You know, he'd be there playing with the guy that we shipped out in order for him to take the number one spot, Eric Johnson. I mean, EJ and Petrangelo playing together, that that's there's something that makes you go, oh, my gosh. And and I think they still have Ian Cole, too. So you've got, you know, you'd have three former Blues in that, in that Colorado defensive lineup. Uh, it would be scary. It really would because this team was essentially a goalie away from really making a deep, deep run uh, and possibly being in the finals this year. Um, you know, obviously adding Petrangelo is not going to solve the goaltending situation, but it, it continues to solidify that defensive core and, and maybe allows you to prevent as many shots on goal as, you know, they face this year. Um, if it's not Colorado, you know, just looking at some of these other teams that have that have cap space, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really scary because you've got a couple other Central Division teams there in Winnipeg and Dallas uh, that have some money as well, projected cap space-wise. But, you know, Winnipeg's still got a bunch of guys to sign, as does Dallas. Um, I... It's so hard to choose. I really, I really don't know if I could pick one team out. Uh, you know what? Here you go. I'll, I'll throw this one out there. This, this is the team that that would probably shock a lot of people, and mainly because they are pretty close to being on the cusp. Vancouver. Okay. I mean, they've got they've got you know about fourteen three in cap space. They have seventeen other twenty three guys signed. Um, they've got some youth. They've got a goaltender, whether it's a re-signing of Markstrom or they're going with Thatcher Demko. They've got scoring. They've got they got Quinn Hughes up there. And what better mentor for Quinn Hughes than bringing in Alex Petrangelo? So watch out for Vancouver being a sneaky team that could get in there on the on the Petrangelo sweepstakes. Yeah, and that could be, especially because they're probably going to let Jacob Markstrom walk with the emergence of uh, Thatcher Demko this playoff. So, you know, that 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 is a sneaky possibility. And uh, another take that I found um, online about uh, Petrangelo and where he could possibly end up, I'll show it to you uh, right here. Uh, it is from Andy and Rono from uh, at Hockey Stats CZ. Uh, Alex Petrangelo is one of the best five defensemen in the NHL right now. Every team should want him in the FA market. We think he will sign somewhere for seven years with $9.5 million per year or something like that. We feel Petrangelo will surprise us with his decision. And that I definitely, I, I can definitely see just uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Ottawa gets bold and feel, and they, they feel like that, uh, you know, they can go on a run with Petrangelo and they give him 10, 10 and a half million to entice him to go up there. Uh, maybe uh, Florida, you know, Florida is a team that, you know, they, they brought in Joel Quinville. They have a lot of young stars, you know, that you've probably never heard of because they play in Florida. Uh, Alex Barkov, Aaron Ekblad, uh, uh, Bukrovsky's down there, uh, Huberdeau. Uh, that's a good little team there, and uh, they have $20 million in cap space. That's a team to watch out for. And not only that, but if you're Petrangelo and you're looking to cash in as much as possible, no state income tax in the state of Florida. So you keep more of what you make down there. That's the team that I'm, I'm sneakily, sneakily worried about here as, as far as Petrangelo goes. Um, and we can still like him too. Oh yeah, we can still like him because it's yeah, he's going. It's going to the Eastern Conference. He's not going to hurt us. It's very unlikely the Blues will play the Panthers in the playoffs in the next eight years. Of course, watch me eat my words when they meet in the Stanley Cup in 2026. Three straight Stanley Cup final appearances. <laughs> of course, yeah. Go figure. The the Florida dynasty, you know, could get you know could begin this this winter here. But, you know, it, it kind of, you know, you, you kind of hit on this Wags earlier, and that is, you know, the fact that Petrangelo has a family here. He just had his fourth kid. 
Um, his wife is from St. Louis. And, you know, he talked with Jeremy Rutherford this week. Uh, if you want a lot of insight into where Petrangelo's mind is right now, uh, check out Jeremy's uh, article on The Athletic. But uh, in the article, he's quoted as, quote, you spend your whole career somewhere, and to go through this, the reality kind of hits that there's a chance you're going to be wearing a different jersey one day. It's kind of a tough pill to swallow when you have your heart somewhere. And I kind of, I, I'm with you, Wags, in that I don't think that, and, and Petro said this himself, but I don't think the door is closed on Petro returning to St. Louis. No, not at all. I, I, you, you saw it in the tweets, everybody that's talked to him, he hasn't closed the door on it. Um, it, it, like I said, it's so early that you've made this decision to go, okay, we're not going to come to an agreement. You better test free agency. That that was the thing that baffled baffled me the most. Why are we not working? I mean, unless they really think that they're that far apart that in the next two weeks, they're not going to be able to come to some kind of consensus. I think the blues are sitting there saying, look, we think we know where your values at based on what the salary cap is going to be for the next few years. You're trying to get as much money as you can possibly get. That's great. That's your that's your prerogative. It's you deserve it for what you've done. But get to the market, see what's out there, and then all of a sudden, maybe that seven point seven or eight million dollars a year looks a lot better versus what you were thinking you were going to get. You know, at nine and a half, ten million. Yeah, definitely. I'm and I'm with you on that. And you know, there, there there's a lot of layers and a lot of aspects to this Petrangelo decision here. And uh, we actually did have a call on our Blue Notes fan line, uh, 314-329-4349. And uh, it's from my buddy in uh, St. Charles and uh, St. Peter's, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically, I think I think his uh, voicemail that he left for us, uh, very indicative, I think, of what Blues fans are thinking right now. He told me it was kind of all over the place. So let's go ahead and uh, take a listen here. Right, so this Alex Petrangelo situation, I've been trying to, Grab my head around, you know, trying to get, you know, get my thoughts on it. I really, I mean, I'm kind of like 50 50 on it as far as whose side I'm on or anything like that. I, I understand the channel side of wanting to get paid, but, but Doug Hardestrong is a smart GM. He knows what he's doing. And so I trust him. If he has his cutoff point, I trust him on that. Um, I think that's the big thing I don't understand is all the hate for Armstrong that I've seen on Twitter about it. I mean, he's proven he's a smart GM. He's proven he knows what he's doing. If he lets Petrangelo walk, there's probably a good reason he's letting him walk. And I think, honestly, I think they'd be fine without him, too. Um, anyway, so, I mean, in the end, I hope he does come back, but I wouldn't be overly upset if he doesn't. And I think that's where a lot of fans are right now. And, and, and for me, it's like I can understand – why Petrangelo at this stage in his career would want to get paid. And, uh, you know, he's, he has a Stanley cup um, and he's still at 30. He's still got, you know, some good years left in the tank. And uh, I just, I, I can understand why he would want to get paid. And it just, it, unfortunately, and for the, and for reasons that we can, we can harp about it's, it's just, we're not going to get those, you know, glory, those golden years with the, with Petrangelo if he walks. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, train wreck, I mean, can you blame Petrangelo at this stage in his career for wanting to, you know, get the max contract that he can get? No, I mean, obviously it's the part of it has to do with, you know, already brought the city of Stanley Cup. He's already done so much for the city of St. Louis, for the Blues community, for the St. Louis community. Uh, you know, he's not the kind, doesn't have to ring chase anymore. I mean, 
you know, you've done what you needed to do. I mean, you know, loyalty goes so far, like I said earlier, but now it's time to just go out there and get the bag. I mean, get as much as you can, uh, play the market. And, you know, if it falls in the, uh, falls in the direction of him returning to St. Louis, let it be. Uh, but you know, you can't blame him if he walks away for the, for the money. I mean, it'll hurt. And like, uh, like your friend said, you know, you want him to come back, but if he doesn't, it's not going to be the end of the world. But, and so that's where I stand with that. Go get your money, big dog. Yeah, definitely. And, and the blues have a lot of depth. And I think, uh, I think, I think if Petra walks, they will be okay. And, uh, you know, but it, it, go ahead. Oh, I'm gonna say development. I think my power's back on. So. Oh, there we go. Hey, how about that? Um, I might, I might uh, during the commercial break, switch to the inside laptop. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. So, uh, uh, you want to go do that now and uh, yeah, come I'll back in later? Yeah, set it up right now and just uh, yeah, and uh, just give me a shout back when we're about to get on with the uh, other guys. All right, sounds good. Train wreck. Train wreck. Gonna step out and. Uh, uh, try to get connected to uh, uh, his power there the better way. Uh, we have uh, we have um, recovery in action here, Wags. You know, I mean, you know, his power's back on. He's got to step away. I, I can't blame I can't blame him for wanting to step walk away from this and you know make sure that he's you know in an optimal position. Um, but you know, getting back to Petro. So I mean, like you know, it's been talked about about his age. You know, he's going to get probably a seven year contract in free agency. I mean, teams would be stupid not to give him one just because with the way average annual value works out, you can, you know, lower the uh, cap hit, you know, based on, you know, years, it's still a problem in the NHL. But by the time the end of that contract would come around, he'd be 37 years old. And we've seen defensemen, you know, in there, you know, once they hit like 34 on, they kind of start to break down a little bit. I always think of Brent Seabrook in this situation. I think of the likes of uh, Duncan Keith, um, you know, the analytics suggest that maybe Petrangelo's, you know, dive wouldn't be that bad. Um, but, you know, what do you think, uh, uh, Wags? Do you think that, it, you know, he represents a big risk in free agency with his age? Or do you think he can, you know, play well into his later contract years? No, I don't, I don't think he's a bigger of, of a risk as people make it out to be. I, I compare him a lot to Nick Lidstrom in the sense that he's a very fluid, very solid, very smart defenseman who doesn't put himself into a lot of positions to get injured, uh, doesn't put himself in a lot, a lot of positions to get hit. Uh, and that's that's when you bring up Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. You know, those guys were not finesse defensemen. They were physical. They were going out there laying the body on on a lot of guys during a lot of playoff rounds. You know, I'm, Alex Petrangelo is not going to lead the defensive core in hits. That's just not his game. He's more of a finesse defender. He's a guy that will he'll go into the dirty areas, but he doesn't put himself in a position to, to really get injured or hurt or roughed up. So you look at a guy who's 30 who hasn't really had to deal with anything significant injury-wise. Now, granted, that maybe that's getting him set up to have a major injury. We, we hope not, whether he's with the Blues or not. Uh, but I, I don't see this being a significant risk. I think you know, coming a defenseman at age 36, 37 of his ilk, He's going to be fine. He's going to be a guy that's going to be able to produce for you for a very long time. His numbers have continued to go up offensively as well. Um, I, I think it's a smart bargain and a smart move by any team that goes out there and gives him a seven-year deal. I know you can't really say bargain with the, the top defender on the on the free agent market, but I, I think a seven-year deal is not something that somebody a team should be scared of. Yeah, definitely. And we want to say hello to the Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Benson, checking in. Uh, uh, we're going to actually, it's good timing that you actually checked in right now because, uh, we have your Aloha commentary to get to right about now. 
And it is, of course, about what else Alex Petrangelo and uh, the future of the Blues and free agency. And, you know, I, I, I got to give you a lot of credit, you know, Hawaii Blues fan, because you recorded your video last night in front of a beautiful Hawaii sunset. It was it was gorgeous. The problem was it was a little blurry and there was some audio issues. So you were kind enough to re-record it today. Um, and, you know, let's get some stick taps for the Hawaii Blues fan for, you know, you know, at first you don't succeed. Try, try again. So uh, let's go ahead and play his Aloha commentary about uh, Petrangelo and where the Blues go from here. Aloha. I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, host of the Blue Note Fan Report. And this is my Aloha commentary. As you can see, the sky is overcast. The sun is setting. And I'm wearing a signed Brett Hull jersey. What do those three things have in common? Well, the sun is setting on the NHL season as the Stars and the Lightning get the Stanley Cup Finals underway. And if reports are correct, the sun is also setting on the career of our captain, Alex Petrangelo, and his tenure in St. Louis. Well, I shouldn't say career, but his time in St. Louis. Um, let me get to the Stanley Cup Finals first. Wow, um, this has been pretty exciting from the NHL. The bubble has worked seven weeks, no positives. The only games that were postponed or canceled were due to the uh, social justice, which was very well done. Um, the Stars have moved their way right through the Western Conference, and they've proved that every one of the moves they made in the offseason well, they had a scratch in our head, were the right moves. Joel Pawlowski has his chance at a cup. Way to go, Joe. Uh, St. Louis and Ben Bishop is also there. Uh, this will be his second time in the second time. The first time was against his was with his opponent, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, last year, everyone thought the Tampa Bay Lightning were just going to storm through the uh, playoffs. And lo and behold, they ran into a little bit of a, a cannon fire in the Columbus Blue Jackets, who snuffed them out. And uh, made the first round the Lightning's Appomattox. Uh, the Lightning this offseason added Kevin Shattenkirk and Pat Maroon, St. Louisan and former St. Louis player, to give the team some toughness and some grit. And that's exactly what they've done, and it is showing in the playoffs. Um, to be fair, I am filming this after game one has happened, but the pick I'm making is the thought process I had prior to game one, and I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, lightning in six. However, if this does go seven, the final game will played on the 30th of September, meaning that for the first time since 2012, we will have no hockey in October. 
Gary Bettman said today that uh, next season they hope for a full 82-game season and four rounds, seven-game playoffs. Uh, don't know when the season will start, sometime December, maybe even January, and they're not sure about the Winter Classic or how they're going to handle that. Um, Gary, I, I got to admit, when it comes to this, you have done a great job, and thank you for your leadership. Now, as the sun sets behind me, it's time to talk about my sign, Brett Hull jersey, and how that goes in with everything that we've got. Back in 1998, 97-98, Brett Hull was up for a contract. He was about to be a free agent, and he wanted a no-trade clause. Well, the Blues didn't want to give it to him, and that was enough for a St. Louis icon to walk away. Brett is a special player, and, and when I say special, I mean in every sense of the word. He, he just, everything he did was Brett. Well, Alex Petrangelo may have taken a little bit of notes from Brett and decided to do the same thing. We heard lately that talks between Petrangelo and the Blues have broken off, and the Blues have told him to pursue free agency. Um, this is a very fluid situation. Um, just recently uh, got a tweet from Lou Cork of NHL.com who said he had a conversation with Petrangelo and he does not see this being done that Petrangelo really wants to stay in St. Louis and remember his wife's from St. Louis and he just had his four he is a seven or eight day year old eight day old newborn congratulations by the way Petrangelo um, I, I, I just I, I think about this in, in a really different way and while the overcast skies could leave some overcast on the blues the sunset is beautiful and if Petrangelo does leave he leaves with a beautiful sunset it also opens the doors for Doug Armstrong to make some moves a goalie a top six forward um, the free agent market is wide open. Um, I got to thank Alex Petrangelo for his time here. If this is his swan song, um, I appreciate everything you did for us. And, you know, now all the bobbleheads I have except, well, actually, no, I got some, some active bobbleheads. I had to think about that for a second. Well, guys, um, I hope I turn lemons into lemonade. And you enjoy this Aloha commentary. This is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, host of the Blue Note Fan Report and Aloha commentary, saying, Aloha, mahalo. You got to know I'm bleeding blue with you, and I'll see you on the next Aloha commentary and Blue Note Fan Report. Aloha. And an aloha goes out to our friend, the Hawaii Blues fan. Thank you very much for uh, uh, that commentary once again. And, you know, he kind of touched, before we uh, move on here, uh, one more thing here. He kind of touched up on Wags about the free agency and, and where the Blues could possibly go from here. You know, if, if, you're, if you're Doug Armstrong, 
and you're thinking, okay, we don't have to, you know, hoard every nickel and penny for Alex Petrangelo. Now you've got some options, you know, as to, you know, free agency and what you can do to fill some of the, you know, holes on the team. Like, for instance, uh, you know, if you're not convinced Billy Huso is going to be the backup, do you get a veteran to compete with him? Uh, but, of course, the big thing is is the Tarasenko void, you know, and how you fill that. Now, Armstrong in the past has said that he wants guys like Kairu to step up and maybe, you know, maybe not fully fill the production of Tarasenko, but at least fill that role as a way for him to grow his game a little bit. But, you know, if you're Doug Armstrong, Wags, and, you know, Petro is going to test free agency and maybe playing elsewhere, uh, what do you do? That's a tough, tough thing for, for Doug Armstrong because I don't think you go out and, and sign another defenseman. I mean, you're looking at the, the free agent defenseman outside of Petrangelo. Tori Krug's a free agent, TJ Brody, Tyson Berry. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk's actually going to be a, a free agent as well, but I just don't see any of those guys being someone that you bring in, especially when you got guys like Perunovic and Mikola down in the minors that you're probably going to have play big minutes for the Blues this year. Uh, Goaltending-wise, you know, Robin Leonard's a free agent, but he, he's going to be re-signed by Vegas. There's no question about that. Jacob Markstrom's going to get a starting spot somewhere. Um, you know, then you have Cam Talbot, Braden Holpe, Thomas Grice, uh, and, and Anton Hudobin. I, I, I got to think that Hudobin gets a, an extension there as well. And, you know, Braden Holpe's a guy that's probably going to get another starting gig somewhere as well. Uh, but, you know, that might be an actually a, a not a bad route for the Blues to go is, is going out there and getting a guy like Braden Holpe or, or Henrik Lundqvist if he gets bought out. You know, give some experience behind Bennington that if he doesn't, you know, step up again this year, that you've got somebody experienced that can go in there. Uh, does that happen? I don't think so. I, honestly, I think the only move the Blues could even consider, and it's still an absolute long shot, is is going after Taylor Hall. Uh, I mean, they're going to have the money. They're going to have some money. I'll, I'll put it that way. They're going to have some money. They're going to need to fill that void for Vladimir Tarasenko. The rest of the list of free agent forwards is, eh. I mean, Ilya Kovalchuk, Mike Hoffman, Tyler Toffoli, uh, Derek Grant, Jasper Fast. And there's nobody that really like jumps out and goes, okay, that, that guy's going to really help. So if the Blues do do anything, I think they put the full court press on, on Taylor Hall and see if they can bring him here. That, that's about the only thing I can see them doing in free agency. Yeah, and that's and that's you know, but that would create more problems down the road because again, you've got a lot of players like Jaden Schwartz is going to be an unrestricted free agent after this offseason. So if you throw big money at Taylor Hall, are you basically kissing you know Jaden Schwartz goodbye? You know that's that that this this team's going to be handcuffed a little bit, you know, in terms of what they can do. And you know, I and and, and of the of and besides Taylor Hall of the guys that you mentioned. I don't see what they bring over a Jordan Cairo that would be that valuable, you know, like that would be worth, you know, paying, you know, three and a half million dollars a year for, you know, like as some of those guys might get just because scoring is always at a premium in the in free agency. So it's going to be interesting offseason, to say the least. And uh, you, by the way, I couldn't help but, but laugh in, internally when you brought up Kevin Shattenkirk, because if Blues fans are already tired of Justin Falk's defensive lapses, uh, Shattenkirk will get will, will will give people acid reflux, you know, before he, I mean, with them both on the ice. So as much as I love Shattenkirk and, you know, as, as talented as he is, 
Um, you know, and we actually have Chase Crawshaw waiting in the uh, waiting room to come on. He's probably hearing us diss Kevin Shattenkirk right now and probably not appreciating it very much. Um, you know, it's it's that's not an option. I don't think they need defense. I think they have enough defensive depth. They still have Robert Bortuzzo on the right side. So you have three right-handed defensemen there. Uh, Mitch Reinke probably would be the top right-handed guy in uh, uh, Springfield this year. But then again, I mean, you have guys on the left side, I think, that could probably play on the right side in a pinch. Like, I'm pretty sure Gunnarsson's played a little a little bit on the right side. So yeah, I think so. Yeah. So there's, there's still some options here for sure. So um, we're going to go ahead and go into our blue notes face off of the week. It is a special Stanley cup edition of the blue notes face off. We have Michael Farley representing the Dallas stars and the clean skate podcast. And we have chase Crawshaw of the bolts broadcast podcast here on the hockey podcast network, representing the lightning. They're going to convince you blues fans why you should support their team in the Stanley Cup final. And it's more than just the St. Louis connections, although there are a couple with both teams. So uh, we'll go ahead and get to that. But first, we've got to pay some bills. We'll do that and then come right back with our Blue Notes face-off of the week. This episode of the Blue Notes podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? You know if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. Have you ever wished she was smoother down there? She probably has too. If you're anything like me and or just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect below the belt. Manscaped has us covered. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Whew. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates growing areas for closer and more precise trimming. That's insane. If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will Thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping again with promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code THPN. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Are you at Kenny Rogers now? Or no, that's your... No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's just my display name. It's still at Kent State Bar. But is Rogers your middle name? Sorry, I don't even know. No, the, you don't know who Kenny Rogers is, the no. gambler. No. What? I'm Jesus I'm a deer in headlights, buddy. I'm a deer God. in headlights. Anyways, Kenny Rogers, very infamous country singer, <laughs> and also just what the O Dog has deemed my nickname. He just keeps calling me Kenny Rogers or referring to me in the third person as the gambler. So O Dog. He was roasting me the other day on overdrive on uh, on Labor Day because I shot him a text message during the show. No way. I have to say something. Kenny Rogers, I know you can hear this right now. Don't ever text me on my personal phone. He just texted me and said, I'm doing updates, guy. <laughs> I love it. Good man, Kenny. He's no, in there Kenny. working. <laughs> but he was roasting me on air, man. I was at work doing the updates, and he was saying that I got the day off, so I had to defend my honor. Not Another Leafs Podcast. New episodes Mondays on the Hockey Podcast Network.
in the green corner, we have Michael Farley of the Dallas Stars Clean Skate Podcast. And in the blue corner, we have Chase Crawshaw of the Bolts Broadcast representing the Tampa Bay Lightning. How's it going, guys? Uh, well, after last night, it's going pretty damn good. Yeah, a little, little different for me, but I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling the worry coming from your way either. Uh, it's still a long series to be played for sure here. So uh, we brought both of you guys on to uh, talk about the Stanley Cup and convince Blues fans why we should uh, support your respective teams. But before we get to that, I do want to do a small aside here uh, with Michael. So the Blues this week, uh, they hired former Dallas Stars head coach Jim Montgomery to be an assistant coach for them. Uh, tell me a little bit about what the Blues are getting with uh, Montgomery. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, the big thing that everyone, when they when they hear that name, is the he got fired and for, obviously, the, the alcohol abuse and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think... I am all for giving people second chances and all that stuff. Um, he was a really good coach. Like we started off the season really slow, but you got to remember we went 14, one and one to sort of salvage the season with him still as the head coach. So I wouldn't say the fact that the stars started slow this season was because of him and he definitely got them back on track. So, um, I, from a coaching perspective, like just looking at the hockey, like you're going to be getting someone who is, uh, he, he's there. They're hard. On, he's hard on his players. Like he's coming out of college, so like he's a little bit more like bark at you, a little bit more. Right, right, like really get down to business. He's big into you know um, like the physical st- side of things and like making sure everyone's in shape and not taking breaks off and stuff like that. So um, for an assistant coach, I think that's great. Um, I don't know how he is really like on like a personal basis with players, like from a coaching standpoint, he's a hard coach. Players seem to play for him. And like I said, he got the stars sort of back on track and into the position where Rick bonus was able to then step in once he was relieved of his job due to personal issues and continue to lead this team into where they are now. Yeah. I thought it was a really good hire, you know, for the blues. I, I, you know, Jim Montgomery before he started in Dallas was very, uh, highly regarded in the uh, college ranks. He was coaching uh, Denver University before he uh, started with the uh, the Stars and uh, Wags. I mean, I just I think he's going to bring uh, a lot of good to this team and uh, fill some of that void that Mark Savard's leaving. Yeah, he, he fits the profile of of a Craig Berube kind of coach. Like you said, physical. He likes to play. You know, he likes to coach that kind of game. Uh, and and the Dallas power play wasn't too bad either. During the during the regular season when he was uh, installed as coach, so that's kind of where Dennis or that's kind of where Mark Savard was working with the Blues this year was the power play unit. So, uh, bringing the physicality but also bringing that power play experience is going to be big for the Blues. And, and don't forget, I know it was only a cup of coffee, but he did play a year with St. Louis early on in his career, so he has a familiarity with the St. Louis Blues organization. So, second chance with an organization you're familiar with could could be a really really good thing for the Blues. And, and he's going to make sure that the players never take a shift off. Like that, that was the biggest thing is like, he was always, every time players came to the bench, he's talking to them. He's telling them what he saw in their shift and what he wants to see on the next shift. So he's always keeping that energy on the bench going and making sure players are accountable during their shifts. Yeah. It seems really compatible with Craig Berube, a guy who is also a, a player's coach himself. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do for the blues this year, but uh, now we got to get, get down to brass tacks here. It is the Stanley Cup Finals. The Dallas Stars against the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, would not have been my pick, you know, before the C- uh, playoffs started at all. I mean, you know, I thought Tampa was going to get there at the end, you know, just because, 
they were out to avenge what happened last year, and they're just so damn deep and so damn good. But, uh, you know, Dallas, you know, the Cinderella team of this year, I guess in a lot of ways, the St. Louis Blues of this year's playoffs. So um, before we, you know, you know, break down, you know, what each team brings, I want to, you know, go back to game one here, which was played the night before uh, this was broadcast. The Stars take round uh, game one, four to one. Chase, you said you're not worried. No, I'm not. I mean, the first two periods were brutal. You got to be honest. Tampa looked god awful. But really all playoffs, like anytime that they have looked bad, which has been pretty rare, they've immediately bounced right back and looked absolutely dominant again. And you saw in the third period, they were dominating all the offense. They controlled it. They just couldn't get it past get open. You know, he was playing a hell of a game as he's played really all playoffs. So I'm really not concerned. This offense is just, it's too high powered. And then the team is just too deep on the back end. And, and then obviously having the best goal in the league and net helps out. So I'm yeah, not concerned at all. Uh, Farley, your thoughts? Uh, honestly, that was probably the best uh, Dallas Stars hockey game I've seen all playoffs. So we've seen some really good Dallas Stars games, but like he, he said, you dominated the third a hundred percent. But that's the Dallas Stars are okay with that. They they had two shots on net, and one of them was the empty netter in the third period. Yep. Like they they came out hard in the first period. And it was a back-and-forth first period. They came out, and I say the second period was probably the Stars' best period. They flat-out dominated, I thought, in the second period. And then they had that lead going into the third period. We were lucky enough that it it was a two-goal lead because we scored right at the end of the second. But to be honest, even if Kiviranta doesn't score at the end of that one, going into the third period with a one-goal lead, like, they're not nervous about that. They've contained offenses. They, They, I think they've, only been out shooting they've only outshot opponents throughout the entire playoffs like two games so far like they like if you look at Colorado you look at Vegas possession wise shot wise all of those you know metrics the Dallas Stars are getting just caved in on them but that's okay the third period came around and I was actually watching this game at a buddy of mine who is a huge Tampa fan and he's watching it and the third period starts and I'm like y'all are in for probably the most boring period of hockey you've ever seen it's going to be the the lightning coming to the zone you know a little bit of momentum and then dallas stars are going to chip in out of the zone and let you guys come right back down again and do it so from a from a game standpoint i was pretty pleased with with the outcome and obviously uh how can you be no that's fair uh you know it's it does like suck, you know. They they played so horribly, and then you know finally get going in the third period. It's it's brutal not having Sam Coast in the lineup. Braden Points playing injured, uh, you know. Hopefully, like I, I don't know how much rest you know he needs. I don't know exactly what the injury is either. Probably something uh, with a groin is what I saw. So if if you know just even these couple of days of rest can help that out. Braden Point playing on his A game. He's looked like one of the best players in these playoffs. Victor Hedman, uh, and I'd say, honestly, in my opinion, Victor Hedman and Miro Heiskanen have been the two best players in the playoffs. So Victor Hedman, if he plays a little bit stronger of a game uh, coming into game two, he's he's going to score a goal at some point. He's going to break that single season, uh, single playoff season goal record, that is. And like this, just when you look at these rosters, Tampa, how, how can you count them out? How can you like ever at any point even think about counting them out? They're just flat out better in every single way. See, I, I I get that feeling, but I would say that the it's been it's been that way for every single series other than the Flame series Dallas has played. You look at Colorado on paper, and I know they had a lot of injuries right at the beginning of the series. But you look at Colorado on paper, that's a hell of a team. You look at uh, you you look at Vegas on paper, 
that's a hell of a team. I would argue that, in, this is the way I've looked at it, the Flame series was the most physical series the Stars played so far in, the, in this. So they, they, they've learned and they, they've got their wheels under them in that sense. The Colorado series was the most offensively powered team they've played so far. Uh, even though I know Landeskog was in and out of the lineup in that one as well. But still, McKinnon, Rantanen, they've got such a deep team. Cal McCarr on the back end, like that's such a offensively firepowered team. that. And you saw the Stars, like they were just letting them skate at them. So they learn how to control that sort of speed and offense. And then you play the Golden Knights, which in my opinion is now between the Flames and the Avalanche is the most complete team out of all of them. They have like they, they work as a unit the best so far out of the Calgary and Avalanche series. So every single series has sort of been leading up to taking on now the juggernaut of Tampa that has outstanding offense fantastic you, you know they play as a unit and they play physical as well they've got guys that get hit in there so honestly every single series dallas has played has been preparing them for this one and yeah yeah and we'll and we'll talk about the strengths of each team here in just a little bit wags will ask you that but first of all we have a question from our listener one of our listeners roland spink uh this is for you chase the lightning touched the conference cup do you think that's bad luck no, not at all. In 2015, they didn't touch it and they lost. So you, you got to flip it around. You can't just not touch it again. You know, it didn't work the last time. So why the hell should it work this time? You got to flip it around. Yeah, that, that means reverse psychology, right? Exactly. You know, that makes all the difference. That, that little superstition, it makes all the difference in the playoffs, you know. And Dallas touched there. So this this will be the, the test, you know. <laughs> oh boy! Game seven will have like like ten overtimes because you know the universe can't decide who oh, went, you know which team is more cursed. See, for an outside fan, that's that sounds incredible. That's, that's really painful to me. That's great for us. <laughs> uh, you, guys are, you guys are touching on you know some of the guys that are that need to come up big in this series. You know, Braden points, and, and you're talking about a lot of guys on Dallas. But who's what's the one piece of strength that your team has that will ultimately decide this series? Let me start. All right. So, I mean, if I had to really pick just one strength, I would have to say just the flat-out offensive power. Um, you know, you, you could look at the goaltending. You could look at the depth of this defense, you know, playing 11-7 all playoffs and still being so dominant. But at the end of the day, if Braden Point's playing up to his game, Kudrow's playing up to his game, Tyler Johnson is being productive. If you're getting the, that depth kind of guys from Goodrow and Coleman and Yanny Gord, and we might even see Stamkos at some point in the series. He's not been ruled out yet. So if he can come in and, like, actually – prove he's game shape like how do you stop this offense the hottest goalie in the world would still have trouble stopping this offense regardless so this team has just got so much firepower i have a hard time seeing dale stopping them the rest of the series i think we run into yet again the unstoppable force meets the immovable object in this which is what i was saying for the colorado series as well you know it's uh, you're talking about strengths i think the biggest strength you're talking about offense I think biggest strength is team defense, you know, and that that starts with goaltending, but then that that works its way out to our defense is really good at either skating the puck out or breakout. Miro Heiskin and John Klingberg are zone exiting and entering machines, and then you have, you know, like everyone on the team, Tyler Sagan laying down to block shots. Pavelski is, is a shot blocking machine. Essel and Dell finished a couple games against Vegas and Colorado with over nine shot blocks in one game. Like they are a hundred percent. Everyone is full in to that defense, which is what you saw in that third period. 
Well, that's crazy because for the longest time when we were talking about Dallas and, and advancing in the playoffs, it was always if they could just get their defense right, they could be a scary team. And that that was what I was looking at when this playoff started. You know, you were wondering about the offensive capabilities because they were kind of flat going into the playoffs. But that defense has been incredible for Dallas this year. And, and in my mind, that was what the missing link has been for them the last four or five years. And it's a scary thing when you see that. Uh, that is fair. It is amazing what they're doing, really, without Bishop. I, I, I always thought Cute Open was like a hell of a backup, but did not expect him to come in and be able to handle this starting load throughout the playoffs. You know, since he's ever had to go in, but man, he has looked awesome. And that the one thing that would semi worry me about this Dallas team, of course, is that defense and just how sound they tend to be. But as I, I keep saying it over and over again. I don't want to keep repeating myself, but it's just true. The offensive power of Tampa is just so strong that it does not concern me enough. Yeah, it's going to be that, like like I said, it's going to be that yeah. unstoppable force, immovable object. Like, who wins that? We've been asking that question for, like, eternity. So, who who wins? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. And uh, I want to I get into, you know, some of, you know, the stars, unheralded heroes this offseason. I mean, we've had, you know, guys like Kivi Ranta who have become part of the NHL lexicon this offseason. And then, of course, you have this beauty right here. Uh, the sweaty Kazakh himself, Anton Kudobin, or I guess it's Hudobin, excuse me. Uh, what exactly has been behind the rise of guys like a Kivi Ranta or a, or a Hudobin? Well, I, I think there's some, uh, they're very different paths, I think, for Kivi Ranta and Hudobin. Hudobin played KHL, he played in the ECHL here in Florida for the Everblades. He right, he played for Boston. Like he's played, he is the definition of a journeyman. But for Hudobin, he finished the regular season with the best save percentage out of all goalies. Uh, he only played about thirty-five games, so I get that's a smaller sample size compared to like your starters and Vasilevsky, who is going to win the Vezna and stuff like that. Like there, there's a there's a big difference between workload for sure, which is why it's so impressive that he has been able to come in and play almost all of our playoff games so far while Bishop has been made of glass as the Tampa guys know very, very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Hudobin finished with the best save percentage in 30 games, but like, that's no, that's not like a nine thirty save percentage in five games. That's a pretty decent amount of games against NHL shooters. So he's just come into it. And then I think the playoffs are the time when just magic happens and you, you hit that perfect point of confidence. He's feeling good. The team's playing well in front of him. And he just, his biggest thing for me that is he used to give up a lot of rebounds, right? He plays a relatively unorthodox goalie style. He's flopping all over the net and stuff like that. So he used to give up a lot of rebounds, but this playoffs, like one of the biggest things that just kills offense for the stars or, or for you know, in the star's favor is he just, he swallows everything. If the, if the shot doesn't have traffic in front of it, he's stopping it and he's holding it and the play's dead. And then we can work on getting a defensive zone face off, which the stars have gotten quite good at. So his, so it's, I think it's just like the perfect time and the playoffs where he's just elevated his game to, to next level. I mean, for Kiwi Ranta though, Kiwi Ranta's come out of nowhere. He undrafted, he did win a gold medal on the Finnish uh, World Championship team a couple of years ago. So he has, you know, big game experience and that sort of stuff. But how do you predict, right? He scores a hat trick in game <laughs> seven against, like, how do you call that, right? He's, like I said, he's undrafted. He played pretty well in the AHL for the Stars. The Stars have a really strong AHL team as well. And so I think there's a lot of um, strong development that happens down there. And I mean, you see guys like, like, I, 
Stars fans for a while thought Gurionov was going to be a bust. Hence, uh, we were waiting on for a while. But the Stars, you know, the, the Texas Stars have really churned out some really strong forwards so far for us. Well, I would keep that Hudobin picture up, but I think we lost about 80% of our viewership when I put it up. So uh, uh, we're going to pull that down right now. But I'm going to switch it over to Tampa now. Of course, you know, Tampa's facing a very hot goalie in Anton Hudobin. You have Andre Vasilevsky, who has been, you know, pound for pound, you know, one of the best goaltenders in the in the game of hockey going today. I mean, you know, you know, even though Hudobin is rising up like a meteor, I mean, uh, how do you view the goalie matchup from the Tampa side? I mean, in terms of just like pure talent, pure ability, I don't think it's very close. Uh, Hudobin right now, he's kind of the hot goalie. He like he is a hell of a goalie. Don't get me wrong, but and he's kind of the hot guy right now. But Vasilevsky, he even when he's off, he's still like a top 10 goalie in the league if he's having a, like a bad day a bad stretch he's just so unbelievably dominant it's impressive that the things he does the saves he makes you know just the crazy cross creasers that you see all, all these highlight reels like they're just they're natural to him he doesn't have to put in this you know crazy hard effort it just feels so effortless and if you get a goalie like that who can you know play so effortlessly and be a top three maybe best goalie in the league my opinion best goalie in the league like that's like, it's that's impressive. It's rare. Uh, obviously, that's rare being the best goalie in the league. But I just like how do you how do you get past a guy like that? I mean, granted, we saw in game one he he didn't give up a couple weaker goals in my opinion. But anytime he's given up weak goals, he's immediately bounced back. How much uh, does he remind you of a guy like Dominic Hasek? It's it's similar. Like no one is exactly like Dominic Hasek. That guy flopped around like a fish. That you didn't understand how he made eighty five percent of the saves he made, but it, it was just unbelievable. But it's you know it's similar in terms of the reflexes, in terms of the desperation saves. Uh, it's like how it becomes natural to them. It is pretty similar. Well, there's uh, also a lot of St. Louis connections here for both of these teams. Um, you know, you've got Patrick Maroon. You've got. Kevin Shattenkirk, both on Tampa. You've got Ben Bishop on the Stars. Obviously, Maroon and Bishop both have legit St. Louis ties being from here. What kind of uh, impacts have guys have these guys had on these teams? And I want to start in Dallas first. Uh, what is Hudobin's impact going to be on Ben Bishop going forward as well? Well, Hudobin is a UFA at the end of this season, and Ben Bishop is signed for the next three at $4.9 million per season. So uh, I think it's, I mean, especially with the way Hudobin's played, I don't see how you don't pay the man and keep him around, at least for a little bit. Uh, Bishop, I mean, he frustrated all my friends when he was in Tampa because he got hurt right before the playoffs and it seems he does that yet again it was i i think to be honest i think the fact that he wasn't injured in last season's playoffs when you guys got so acquainted with him in in that series is an outlier like i think it's the not the rule comparatively like so if it's me in the gm chair he's got a modified no trades and it's he's getting older and he's obviously got a track record of injury so it's definitely going to be harder to move on from him but I don't see how you don't look for a way to move on from Bishop and just test the market. I, you guys were talking earlier before we came on about the goalie market that, that's about to happen, right? So I don't see how you don't try and re-sign Hudobin with the amazing work he's done. He's a, he's, And even if, like, you don't have to give Hudobin the starting job because of this. Hudobin doesn't have to be your starter. You can go back to having Hudobin play 35 games. And to be honest, that might be 
a little bit more enticing for some of the free agent goalies that want to come to Dallas. They see that, you know, oh, I have a really, really strong backup that's going to play 35, 40 games this season and put up quality games. All I have to do is play the other, like, the majority of of that and and be decent at it and we're going to be solid. So I think I think if anything Hudobin's putting a little bit of pressure on Jim Nil to maybe find someone better than Bishop cuz he hasn't really impressed me a ton and just the the timing of his injuries are just always so backbreaking. Yeah, I think Hudobin's going to have enough money for a lot more wings and beer in the future, that's for sure. Maybe a shirt? Possibly. Maybe maybe a shirt. Yeah, get the guy a shirt. Come on, you know creeping the ladies out yeah, um, yeah so let's jump over to tampa and, and really what, what's the impact that you know patrick maroon i mean shattenkirk to an extent but what is the impact especially patrick maroon has made for tampa this year i think he added the grit that they were missing last year but what, what does it look like on your guys's end oh a hundred percent you know signing patrick maroon seeing him through the season uh, helped tampion uh, tampa excuse me and julian breezewell realized okay we maybe need an extra guy or two like this and that's when they made the trades that they did in the regular season right at the deadline to get uh Goodrow and Coleman, because you realize that last year this team was 100% skill, no grit, and they got embarrassed by Columbus. Now that Patrick Maroon came in, he's won a cup. He's kind of leading by example. He's out there. He's doing all the dirty stuff that you need to win. That's yeah. Tampa finally just realized they get those guys, and those guys have been probably like other than Brain Point, Victor Hedman. You know, they've been the most solid, uh, consistent contributors for Tampa throughout these playoffs. They've made them so hard to play against. You know, if they didn't have guys like that. I would have counted them out 100% against Boston. But since they finally had the guys that could counter Boston's physicality, I just thought, you know, it was an easy run for Tampa and it ended up showing that. So Patrick Maroon, the real big rig, man, he like he, he has been <laughs> he has been awesome for this Lightning team. And if like if they can keep, you know, a good amount of the score together and keep bringing in guys like that for the next couple of years with the like they're going to have limited salary, which is the issue. But if they can bring in those depth guys that play that type of role, this team could be like a multiple Stanley Cup type of team. All right, who's the real big rig, Farley? Uh, all right, so I'm I might get I might get uh, you know run out of town for this one, uh, but I knew Patrick Maroon as the big rig long before yep. he was yep. long before he was in Tampa. All right, game seven Thank double you. overtime last year. The, he, the and listen, Patrick Maroon. I I, uh, I have also gotten the the pleasure of. I don't want to say like meeting him, but I, but I've, I've, I've seen him and his family around and, and I, I've, I've met the little rig. Um, so it, it's, it's like, I love Jamie Alexiak, but uh, Maroon's Maroon's the big rig in my heart. All Thank right. You. All right. That's fair. That's fair. But that's uh, the only point I'm conceding on. <laughs> All right. There you go. Let it be known. Let it be known. That's the only point. All right. That's fair. That's fair. So now, you know, for, for both teams, it's it's been a little while since you've won your last cup. I know for the Lightning, it's been since the mid-2000s. Of course, for the Stars, it was, you know, the Brett Hull, you know, year, you know, in 1999. The the, 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 the guy that gave you the name of your podcast, after all. And uh, so, I mean, how much is, you know, I mean, does it feel like a long time coming for both of your teams? We'll start off with Tampa. I mean, does it does it feel like it, it's, 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 the, it's time to break the drought? Oh, 100 percent, especially with how good this team has been for years. You know, going to the finals back in 2015, you thought, all right, this team's going to be back here again in a year or two. But no, they had to wait five more years. It This team, they have too much power. They've been too good for the like too many years in a row now that have shown nothing for it. This is far past time for the for their second cup. 
And Farley, I mean, it's 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 been a while since Brett Hall had his skate in the crease. Does, does, does it feel like it's time to break the drought in Dallas? Uh, I think so. Luckily, we've gotten rid of, rid of some of those, uh, you know, pesky rules like that. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we, we have a little bit better of a chance. I mean, you saw even on the first goal yesterday, Corey Perry was literally standing behind Vasilevsky. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's been too long. I, there were there – were, there's been some – Really good players. I mean, listen, Jamie Ben won a uh, like a scoring title on this team a couple a uh, few seasons ago. Now um, they've had decent teams. They've had some not so good teams, and I'm I'm thinking about you know the the Carrie Lettinen years. Um, but you know it, they've finally figured it out. They've drafted well, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people were scratching their heads a little bit at the beginning of the season with some of the veteran moves they did, but. I mean, this is the, the moment they 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 paid all that money for Pavelski and Perry for these moments. So it's it's been a long time coming, I think. And I I just gotta say, he said at the beginning of his statement, he said he thinks it's time for his team. I know it's time for my team. So Ooh. that should be enough right there. Well, well, now we're just gonna lay it out for you guys. This is your moment. This is your your soapbox moment. Get up there and tell us why we should root for your team for us of those in St. Louis. And we'll start with Farley and we'll move over to Chase after that. All right. So first I want to come out and get ahead of some things my opponent is probably going to say. I am well aware the Dallas Stars are actively employing Corey Perry to play hockey for them. I know. I know. I know. Listen, the moment Corey Perry leaves the Dallas Stars, I will join all of you in returning to hate him. But I would like to make you all think if you had Corey Perry on your team, how would you feel about it? So that that's that's my first thing. That's my first okay. thing. But second, Anton Hudobin, outside of his outstanding play on the ice, is an amazing guy. He, his just journey in hockey is an incredible story. I mean, you, you were mentioning you know, all the, the weird, like, uh, like Kiviranta out of nowhere. You know, like there's we've got a lot of, feel good stories i think if you're looking to take an underdog the dallas stars have been the underdog in 90 percent of all of their series so far um it's just the, the the way it is um and you know what we won't have anyone that'll launch a puck into your bench Ooh. I, I think you just launched a puck into the bench right there yeah yeah i'll say all right chase it's it's your turn you got to respond to that well, first thing I want to start off with, I mean, really, this is just Tampa Bay coach against Tampa Bay coach. Since Rick Bonus was an assistant coach under John Cooper anyway. So this is just two Tampa teams playing each other. Uh, this isn't Dallas' <laughs> identity. <laughs> um, but, but, I mean, uh, honestly, Dallas is already up in the series one nothing by the time we're recording this. Why root for the team that's already winning? In, in theory, the underdogs, the team's got to come back from being down one nothing. So Tampa's got they, they come back in this series, man. They're, they're struggling. They're heavily unfavored. Dallas is just clearly the favorites now. So why wouldn't you want to root for Tampa? And then St. Louis fans, I mean, Patrick Maroon is the man. Why wouldn't you want Patrick Maroon to win back-to-back Stanley Cups? And this whole Tampa team, Patrick Maroon is also the only one with a Stanley Cup. So why wouldn't you want guys like Victor Hedman and uh, Steven Stamkos, Nikita Kucherov, and Andre Vasilevsky, why wouldn't you want these guys winning cups? I mean, Dallas, you want Corey Perry's name on the cup again, as you just mentioned? Yuck. Nope. I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got to admire you, and I'll give you a chance to retort if you want to, Farley, but I got to admire you, Chase, for daring to take the 
you know, underdog card with Tampa in this one here because, you know, really everyone was riding off Dallas way back in the round robin. So that's bold. I, I'm going to give you that. Uh, do you have a retort, Farley? Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about feel-good stories, Rick Bonus's first head coaching job in the NHL was to coach the expansion Ottawa Senators, who, if you'll remember, then had the record worst year in, in you know, in NHL history. So he's been around since the, and I'll say it again, expansion Ottawa Senators. The dude's been in hockey forever, and this is his first even sniff at a cup. No thanks to Tampa a couple of years ago. So, you know, if you're looking for someone who deserves a cup, I'd go with, with the dude that's been in hockey for almost 50 years and haven't, and he, this is his first Stanley Cup finals. So I, I, that, that, that's, that's my, my, own, my, my closing statement is do it for bonus. See, I'd rather root for Steven Samkos, the guy whose career could have been a absolutely legendary one, but it's just been riddled with unfortunate injury after unfortunate injury after unfortunate injury, especially if he can make an appearance in this finals. Like, how do you not root for that? So I think for, for to, to, to counteract that, um, in the game that Stamkos comes back, we'll start Bishop. <laughs> oh, <what>? boy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a matchup to me. Though, though, to be fair, with the way Hudobin's playing, that might be a downgrade. So I, don't I, know I was going to say that might that. that might end six to five, and you know, not in the way you wanted to. That's uh, very true. All right, you both have made your points. Uh, now it's up for me and Wags to decide where we're going from here. So, Wags, you've heard their arguments. Who are you backing? Um, yeah, that's tough because you've got. The Maroon connection. You've got. You also got the, the Maroon Cooper connection, as far as the Bandits are concerned. So there's that deeper level of story right there. If you yeah. want to talk about stories, how about taking those guys that won a, a championship with the Bandits, and then all of a sudden now you can have a chance of winning a championship at the at the highest level together. That's huge. Um, a, as you know, I'm a I'm a big story driven sports fan. I love the stories that go along into how a team gets there, and looking at what Dallas has done. You know, I actually picked Dallas to beat Vegas in the Western Conference Finals. I was one of the few that actually picked them to win that series. Uh, their stories are incredible. It's the underdog. It's everything that go- has gone into it. It's the similar story to the Blues. But I'll say this. I thought Philadelphia was a similar Blues example this year as well, and look how well they panned out. So as much as I want to take Dallas in six, as much as I want to take Dallas in six – I'm going to go with Tampa because of the overwhelming offensive capabilities that they have, but it is literally by this much that I'm taking Tampa Bay over Dallas. This is a toss-up series to me, and I didn't think I'd ever be able to say that. Welcome to the team, Wags. (laughs) Well, going into this playoffs, you know, if it had come down to this point and you would ask me, like, at the beginning of the playoffs, who would you back? Well, I would point out that, you know, yes, Tampa has Pat Maroon, the pride of Oakville, uh, they have Kevin Shattenkirk, the former St. Louis Blue. Uh, and they're also, Tampa's the city of my birth. I was born in Tampa, and I grew up in Tarpon Springs. Uh, well, at least for the first three years of my life, and then I moved up north. But that, that being said, uh, there's a lot pulling me towards Tampa. They've always been kind of like my number two team, you know, outside the Blues. You know, I figure, you know, Eastern Conference, it's safe, it's fine. But I know, I know you've got a Dallas Stars whole jersey back there somewhere. But, I know oh, no. I, I know it's but, but here, here's, here's what's pulling me to Dallas. 
Dallas is a true underdog story this year. They started off this year so terrible. Their coach got fired for just basically malpractice, you know, and and off the ice issues. Um, this team, I remember the early podcast that you were on Blue Notes, uh, Farley. You know, your team was in an absolute free free fall. It was it, it was not looking good for you guys. And then going into the playoffs, you know, you managed to hold on to the number, you know, four seed going into the round robin. Everyone thinks that's where you're going to be. No one gives you a chance. You end up as the three seed over the St. Louis Blues, who decided not to show up for the playoffs this year. Uh, You can blame COVID if you want. That's fine. But the fact is, even though everyone rode off the stars, you've ridden the wave of some unknowns, some surprise superheroes, including uh, my spirit animal, uh, Anton Hudobin. Um, and let's face it, there's, you know, Hudobin's story is, you know, in, in, in a lot of ways very similar to Jordan Bennington's last year. You know, granted, Hudobin was more of a known name, but this is, you know, he's also getting a chance to shine in hockey's biggest stage. And, and, and I respect the heck out of that. I respect the heck out of guys like Kivy Ranta coming up out of nowhere to, you know, you know, claim their spot. I, res- I respect Gurionov has had himself a heck of a playoffs as well. I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of him. But, but the fact of the matter is, you know, last year, you know, and I've given Farley all sorts of shit over this every time he comes on our podcast about the double overtime game seven, Pat Maroon goal that sunk the stars. But after that series, I came away with a lot of respect for the Dallas Stars. Um, and, you know, it felt like two Warriors battling it out. There was there, It's a Warriors rivalry. There's not like any bad blood per se, but it's a respected rivalry. So in this finals here, I'm going to say Dallas wins in seven. And I, if, if you had to ask me which team I would rather win, I'm going to say by this much, just like Wags, I'm going to go with Dallas. All right. Well, uh, we're split. W- welcome. Uh, you can officially uh, count yourself as a, a cowpoke then. All right. I'm a cowpoke. Um, th- I can put that on my resume, right? I, I think so. <laughs> I'll take a beach over a cowboy hat any day. So. Oh, oh and, and, and by the way, what, what, what makes this this is the fact that uh, Dallas's goal music is performed by Pantera. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, can't, I, I can never go against Pantera. So That's there you go. Fair enough. There you go. And so I, I, I do just want to say something real quick. Uh, as heartbroken as I would be if Tampa were to lose this cup, last summer I was in Vegas and I did put a little money on Dallas 21, 20 to 1 winning the cup. So oh. I either my team wins or I make some money. So there's your concession. Yeah. My biggest my, my biggest beef with Tampa is and I I actually I live in Florida and I, yeah. I I went to high school in Tampa and so most I played high school hockey in Tampa so all of my friends are Tampa Bay Lightning fans and if they win this cup I will not hear the end of it. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I just it, it's I don't, my mental sanity can't take it. The, the I couldn't do it. So for Farley's sake and sweaty Kazakhs uh, support Dallas. Uh, for Pat Maroon and Kevin Shattenkirk, support Tampa. So there you go. That's the official word. So, guys, uh, thank you so much for being on. Uh, thanks for uh, not getting too bloody with one another uh, in this uh, Stanley Cup title bout. Um, where can we find you guys? We'll start off with uh, the Eastern Conference champs, uh, Chase. 
So you can find uh, the Bolts Broadcast Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Chawdust. Uh, you can also, while you're at it, if you decide to hop on this, this Tampa bandwagon before it's too late and they already won the cup, you can get some Bolts Broadcast merch while you're at it too at boltsbroadcast.whatforapparel.com. Uh, well, on uh, my side, I don't have any merch. Um, that's pretty neat. Uh, I should probably get on that. <laughs> However, if you uh, want to follow me on Twitter while I complain about the, the refs and all that stuff and just scream into the internet, you can follow me on Twitter at CleanSkatePod. And if you want to listen to you know uh, me explain everything that went into Dallas winning the cup uh, in a little bit and uh, I'm, I'm sure Ooh, that, yeah. I'm sure mm. that the two of us will be talking no matter no matter the outcome uh, in, in the coming weeks so if you want to hear that episode uh, you can find it wherever you listen to the blue notes as well all righty guys well thanks a lot for coming on and uh, and uh, making some very good arguments we don't wish <laughs> luck anymore but uh, good day <laughs> all righty <laughs> take care guys all right, that was Chase Crawshaw and Michael Farley uh, representing the Lightning and uh, Stars, respectively. Go follow them on Twitter. They're they're a good group of guys. And, uh, you know, I, I will say one more final thing about this series, Wags. This is going to be one of those series where I'm not going to feel bad if either team wins. Same here. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good storylines on both sides, and both of them have played. I think they both played the right way to get to the finals as well. So, yeah, whoever comes out of this, you're really not going to be disappointed, even though it's not the Blues. I think both whoever wins is going to be a team that deserves to win it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's going to do it for this episode of Blue Notes. We'll be watching the Stanley Cup alongside you as well. And uh, let us know who you're cheering for, you know, uh, by dropping a comment on this video, whether you're watching us on Facebook on uh, Periscope, on Twitter, uh, or even on YouTube as well. Let us know who you're backing. I'm kind of curious to figure out what the split is on that. I think there's a lot of Maroon fans in St. Louis that will probably be backing Tampa. But, you know, I think there's also you got the underdog story of Dallas as well. And, you know, who doesn't uh, like a good uh, a good sweaty Kazakh, you know, every now and then, right? Look at that beautiful man. Beautiful. Uh, you know, Creek Crenshaw of the uh, 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 Sporty with Corey and Richie podcast said that this photo creeps her out really, really bad. So, um, you know, apparently, apparently uh, it doesn't do it for every lady out there. So um, as one might expect, but uh, whether you're man or woman, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Blue Notes. I want to thank you because without you, there is no me. There is no wags. There is no train wreck who is off, you know, getting power restored to his house as we speak, probably. And there is no Blue Notes. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you that we have Neck Gators. And they are on our new uh, merch store at Teespring. You can just click in the comments below. These are beautiful. We have masks. We have shirts as well. Check that out. Uh, the link is uh, in the description below. Uh, uh, it is at teespring.com. Just search for Blue Notes there as well. And a reminder to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.